0: these are scary times and every day it it just feels like things are getting worse and just when you've wrapped your head around one problem another one pops up and it's overwhelming it's terrifying but what if all your problems could go away with a hug just a hug just someone giving you a hug our story centers around a woman who claims she can do just that this is the truth I'm Jonathan Mitchell Okay, here we go. This is Magic Hugs.
1: Touch is one of our basic needs. But somewhere in life, most of us learn to view it as a weakness. Here's a question. When was the last time you were hugged just for being you? Hugged just for being you. It sounds weak, doesn't it? it sounds so needy. Well, that's kind of the point. It is needy. As in, on a basic biological level, I need the physical contact of other people. I need to feel safe. I need to feel connected. Need to feel understood. Let me tell you about myself. Growing up, I was never the touchy-feely type. I was cool Joyce. Calm Joyce. Cerebral Joyce. Not one for displays of affection. Even hugging my parents made me uncomfortable. But then I got sick, and many things changed for me after that. I had my first stroke two days before my 27th birthday. My second, just two days later, put me into a coma. A month in, the doctors told my mother that I would never be conscious again. But I was conscious. I knew that my mother was coming to see me every day. That she was getting in bed with me and holding me every day. And I knew that her hugs were the lifeline keeping me tethered to the world. Ma'am? A hug really can be magic. Yes?
2: I need you to put your seat forward. We'll be landing soon.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you.
3: All right, folks, I've just put on the fastened seatbelt sign. We might have a little turbulence on
0: our way down due to an unexpected rainstorm.
1: I believe our culture is in the midst of an invisible epidemic. And the symptoms can be read everywhere, from drug addiction to domestic abuse to school bullying to online trolling to the deep political divides that have so many of us worried, and on and on. And the answer won't be found with more laws, or higher penalties for crime, or more prescription medication. The answer will be found when we acknowledge that intimacy isn't a weakness, it's a drive, like thirst or hunger. And we're starving ourselves to death. My
4: name is Barbara Mills MILLS.:
0: Okay, Barbara, can I get your uh, driver's license and credit card, please? Here you go. Just a minute, please. Sure. I'm sorry, sir. I don't have you in the system. But I did rent a car. Are you sure it was with us? Yes. Let me take a look at your confirmation number. Where is that? Can I see your phone? Here. <clears throat> no, do you have a smartphone? No. How about a receipt? Do you have some kind of printout? Uh.
3: Oh. Hey. I can't seem to find it.
0: Without a confirmation number, there's not a lot I can do. We're all booked up, unfortunately.
3: Let me make a phone call real quick. Sure. Arthur, I need you to find something for me in the computer room. Uh, could you log into my email and look something up for me? a car rental agreement. I'm in Phoenix. Don't start with me, Arthur, please. No, they're not magic hugs. That's a very trivializing way of putting... Well, I don't appreciate being talked to like that. You can yell at me all you want when I get back for now. Just look this up.
0: Okay, Barbara, sorry about that. No problem. So I have you in a Mitsubishi Mirage um, they're actually just cleaning it out right now, so it's just be a couple more minutes. Great. So what brings you to Phoenix?
4: I'll be driving to Flagstaff, actually, uh, for a conference. Oh,
0: nice. Work?
4: No, oh. personal. It's a health and wellness thing. Oh, yeah.
3: very cool. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry to eavesdrop, but are you going to the Gallo, the Joyce Gallo event in Flagstaff by any chance? Yes, I am. So am I.
4: Oh. How about that? (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I seem to find myself in an awkward situation here and don't have a means of getting there. I hate to ask this, but do you think there's any way I can hitch a ride with you? (laughs) I'm a nice person, I'm a great conversationalist.
4: Sure, no problem.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, my name is Seymour. Barbara. You are a lifesaver, Barbara.
1: It felt like a part of me had died. And in its place was a kind of emptiness. Some people say I have a special power, but I don't think that's true. I think being that close to death cleared a space in me for something that's always been there. As crazy as it might sound, I'm grateful I for my illness years every years. day of my life for Sorry, opening let me turn this my down. heart. What was that?
3: I have Huntington's disease.
4: Oh. That's horrible.
3: Are you familiar with it? I've heard of it. Yeah. Symptoms include, according to the website, irritability, depression, and a severe decline in thinking and reasoning skills. So far, I'm okay with the irritability and depression, only a moderate decline in thinking.
4: (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: When I hold someone, a very special thing happens. It feels like I become transparent, like I'm a container for that other person's pain or grief or illness. And a grief shared is half as heavy, as the saying goes. It's a tremendous sense of intimacy. A friend of mine used to say, you know what intimacy is, don't you? Into me, you see. That's a nice way of putting it.
3: It's genetic. I saw I, yeah, I saw it happen to both my parents, and I suppose it'll happen to my son, too. Hell of a thing to get to watch your own mind come loose. I'm sorry.
4: Do you mind if we don't talk about this?
3: Oh, sure. I don't
4: want to be rude, but I'm sure. trying very hard to think positive these days, and I just, just don't feel like having this conversation.
3: Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you.
4: I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude. I understand. There's just only so much grief a person can feel at any one time, you know? Of course,
3: sorry.
1: I just don't wanna feel sorry for you. Got it. You don't have to believe in anything for my hugs to work. It isn't a question of faith or dogma or enlightenment. You just need an open mind and an open heart.
4: I have stage 3 Hodgkin's lymphoma. This is my second time.
3: Aren't we a pair? Well, I'll tell you, Barbara, I think you and I have good cause to be optimistic. They say she's a miracle worker. They do. Can I ask an embarrassing favor? What is it? When we get to the hotel, I'm certain I reserved a room, hundred percent sure, but after the car rental, I'm just a little Would you wait with me at the front desk until I'm all set?
4: Sure.
2: Thank you, Barbara. Um, let's see. Yep, I've got you right here. Two night stay, queen size bedroom five oh six.
3: Well, that's a relief.
2: Here is a key card for you, the Wi-Fi network is guest, and the password is your room number. It's all written down right there for you. The elevator is just down there and to your right, and your event tomorrow will be in the ballroom, which is right down there over to the
3: left. That's wonderful, thanks a lot. No
2: problem at all. There you go. I'm
4: sure it was the rental place's fault. Yeah. Well, see you in the morning.
3: Can I buy you a drink? Nothing like a hotel bar.
4: That's okay, it's late.
3: Come on. The least I can do is buy you a drink. I used to dream about opening a bar in Bermuda, a place where you can go and hear live music. (laughs) That always seemed like a dumb pipe dream. But why not?
4: Are you a musician?
3: Yes, ma'am, I was. Before I settled down and had a family, a second chance would be nice. No, no, a second chance will be nice. There's some positive thinking. So, what do you do with your new lease on life? Do you have a bucket list that you're anxious to start scratching off?
4: I think I'd like to go back to school. Maybe study anthropology.
3: That's an interesting subject.
4: I've always thought so.
3: What has stopped you from studying it thus far?
4: It never seemed practical for my career. What do you do? I'm a fundraiser.
3: Oh, for what?
4: The Republican Party.
3: Oh. <laughs> well, that's a conversation
4: killer.
3: Why? <laughs> well, are you serious? It was
4: my job long before this current administration, which doesn't reflect the true spirit of the party, We're the party of Lincoln. Oh,
3: come on now. How can any right-thinking person... We're
4: allowed to have differences of opinion. Yes, but... Maybe it's best. We don't talk
3: politics. Fine. (laughs) Well, how about a toast to second chances?
4: Two second chances.
3: Assuming, of course, that this isn't all total bullshit.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's a little silly, isn't it? Maybe
3: a little. (laughs)
4: If you told me three years ago that I'd ever be at something like this, I don't think I would have believed it.
2: Joyce is a miracle worker. I'm I'm sorry to butt into your conversation, but she is. I know firsthand, Joyce is amazing. You've met her? Yes, this will be my ninth time.
3: What's it like? What should we expect?
2: Uh, She'll talk with you for a minute or so. Um, She'll hold your hands, look into your eyes and then she'll you. That's it? But then afterwards, you'll, you'll start to feel the effects. The first time she held me, um, I got this warm tingling all over my body that lasted two or three days. And when I went to sleep, there was this kind of a green glow over everything. And I just felt peaceful.
4: So that's the whole thing?
2: It's just the beginning of a whole process of change. I'm an entirely different person than I used to be.
3: Uh Uh-huh. What about your health?
2: Well, I don't have cancer anymore. Before I saw Joyce, I did, and now I don't. It's been six years. Without a trace.
3: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. (laughs) I've tried to see her again every year, at least once a year. I've traveled all over through these things. Barcelona, Tel Aviv, Oslo. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and get up early to make sure you have a good spot in line. She'll try and personally see as many people as she can, but they can only guarantee the first 300 or so. Of course, it's worth it just to hear her speak in person. Just being in the room with her is electrifying. But you'll want a private audience with her, believe me. Believe me. (laughs) That's very encouraging. You'll see. Tomorrow is going to be amazing.
3: Thanks for the advice. Do you think this woman's a (laughs) crackpot? I guess we'll find out tomorrow.
1: (laughs) I honestly don't know why my hugs work the way they do. I've spent my entire adult life studying the science of human affection for some kind of explanation. And what I've learned is that we know surprisingly little about the effects of interpersonal connection. But one thing I do know is that I'm a conduit for a powerful transformative force. And that force is in no way magic. It's real and it's tangible. And I'm very comfortable defining it as love. Some cliches are true. Love is the force that binds us together. And it's a powerful force indeed.
3: That is a clip from Joyce's latest series, The Great Unblocking. And now it is available on DVD at the merchandise table.
1: This is a sandalwood rose blend that Joyce designed herself. It helps alleviate depression and anxiety and promotes sleep. You can get 40 pieces for $15 or 100
4: for $30. And 100% of the proceeds goes to the Faithful Heart Foundation. I'm okay for now. Thank you.
3: What time is it?
4: 10.43.
3: When are they going to open the doors? What's that?
4: I think it's your phone. What? Your phone, Seymour. Oh.
3: Hmm. Hello? Arthur. Um, excuse me, please. Wait, what? I can't hear you. Everyone, please listen up. Can can I have your attention, please? I'm afraid we have some terrible news. Uh, We've just gotten word that Joyce's bus was involved in an accident this morning. And today's event is going to have to be postponed.
2: Is Joyce okay?
3: I'm afraid that's all we know right now. If you all... If you can just please hold tight for a few minutes while we figure out what's actually happening. Arthur, what did you say? I promise you, we will be back as soon as we have
0: updated information.
3: What did he say? Oh, hello, Barbara, come in.
4: I hope I didn't wake you.
3: No, no, I've just been sitting here trying to remember my son's phone number. I have it saved on my cell phone, but I guess I forgot to pack my charger. Anyway, I can't find it.
4: I thought I'd drop by and check on
3: you. (laughs) Oh, I'm fine. (laughs) How are you? Fine. I'm not fine. I'm scared. Still raining out there, craziest thing.
4: Strange weather. Yeah.
3: Is there any word on choice? No. Uh, what a thing.
4: Do you wanna borrow my phone charger?
3: No, it won't work. I don't have a smartphone, I have a stupid phone.
4: You can use my phone to call your son, or we can email him.
3: No, no, I think I just wanna kinda sit here for a while. It occurred to me this afternoon that I flew all the way out here for magic hugs. (laughs) Sounds kind of stupid, doesn't it?
4: Maybe we can get breakfast together in the morning.
3: I can't believe you're a Republican.
4: You're a funny man, Seymour.
3: I'm serious. I'll let you be there. Good night. Wait, wait. Um, I was wondering if... you might want to stay here with me tonight.
4: Okay. I'd like that. Thank you, Barbara.
0: Magic Hugs, written by Lewis Kornfeld and produced by me, Jonathan Mitchell. It was performed by Austin Pendleton, April Mathis, and Jenny Lee Mitchell, with Kate Chapman, Becca Shaw, Kevin Cobbs, Lewis Kornfeld, Chris Kapiniak, Carrie Kasten, TJ Mannix, and Phoebe Tyres. Special thanks to Magnet Theater, who offer classes and shows on improv, sketch, and storytelling in New York City find out more at magnettheater.com The Truth is a part of Radiotopia from PRX or a curated network of extraordinary cutting-edge podcasts find out more at radiotopia.fm and if you'd like to sponsor a future episode of The Truth send an email to sponsor at radiotopia.fm Radiotopia from PRX is made possible with support from the Knight Foundation our associate producer is Carrie Kasten our intern is Madeline Stouffer I'm Jonathan Mitchell, and you have been hearing
4: the truth.
0: Radio
2: Tokyo.